Welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you? I'm perfect. I'm very excited today. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, fantastic. We are excited to talk to you. We always have a good time talking to fellow filmmakers. And congratulations, first of all, on the film. We're going to dive in and talk all about the film, Altered Reality. It is currently being seen right now in 300 theaters across the country, uh, AMC and Regal. We'll talk about that process a little bit because that's got to be really exciting to get it out on so many screens. It's going to be amazing. Um, so let's dive right into it. You are an independent filmmaker who wears multiple hats. You're a writer, a producer, an actor. So uh, let's start there because I think that anybody that's not in the filmmaking world, they don't understand wearing one of those hats is not an easy thing to do. Wearing three of those hats is extremely difficult. Wearing three of those hats on one film I mean, that's just insane. So talk about that. When you started to write this film, did you know, okay, I'm going – because a lot of times you'll write it and you'll go, okay, I'm okay with this. I'm going to be the writer and we'll get we'll get somebody behind it to produce it. We'll get somebody. Did you know right away that you were going to be going into it as all three? Uh, you know, I, I did. It, it's so funny because um, I was asked, like, sort of, what, what is the genesis of, of sort of like this strategy that I have? What, and it's, you know, I've produced other movies, but it seems as if, you know, when I write them, you know, I, I also act in them. And it sort of all stems from the fact that, you know, back in the day when, um, you know, when I was around a lot of like-minded people trying to break into the industry, we have no idea how, how or what we're doing, that type of thing. Right. You know, you basically had each other and you would, you know, work with each other. You would act against each other for auditions, try to, you know, try to get better all the time. And, you know, at the time, like if if you didn't write a script, you didn't have a script. And so what you'd have to do is, is you know, you'd have to start putting things together and then, um, you know, you get enough people interested. Um, once again, everybody's, you know, trying to, you know, get an agent or working on their reel or, yeah. or just trying to cut their teeth on a, on a set type of thing. Right. You wore multiple hats, not because you wanted to, but that's that was the only option, you know. I mean, there'd be like a scene, you know, that, you know, I might have written, but I'm also performing into the camera, but holding a light up, you know, all <laughs> at the same time. You know? Oh, yeah. And I, we're, we're laughing because we've all been there. We've all seen it. And it's like, you know, you're trying to like look dramatic and you're sitting there feeling like you're a statue, you know. And so, you know, as things sort of developed, that was sort of the mindset that I had. It was just like, it's not, this is what I want to do. This is what you got to do. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I never really went to film school. I went to acting school, but I learned more through apprenticeship than anything else. Right. And I did a very good job of listening. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because we're all, you know, going through the path less taken. And... Um, what better way to navigate than people that have sort of um, kind of slayed their own way through it, you know? Right. So I, I learned, you know, important information from a lot of important filmmakers, important writers, you know, slowly but surely all aspects, you know, started to get better. I mean, you start, you know, working with tremendous writers, your, your writing gets better. And, you know, it's like you, you have to be true to yourself. It's like if you see somebody who's got, you know, who's written things that have gone out, you know, across the country, you know, and all you've written are, you know, shorts, well, maybe you should kind of sit back and, you know, you know, you know, just sit back and listen or, you know, stylistically pay attention. Um, 
you know, when you're working with producers who've dealt with studio caliber films, you know, once again, there's a lot, a lot to be learned. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, know, for instance, I've worked, you know, multiple times with Lance Henriksen on the set. I mean, you can't help but learn when you're on the set with him in every capacity, you know, and so, um, you know, kind of putting together all these aspects at once has made me the filmmaker I am today. Nice. And, um, you know, obviously I feel like the writing has, has gotten, you know, to, to a level where, you know, I've got the attention of, you know, the Regals and AMCs and the production, you know, the production levels. I mean, you know, it was so funny because um, I, I kind of joke around, you know, I did a m- movie called Monday at 11.01 a.m. Yep. And it was the cover of um, the L.A. Times. And, you know, I joke around because one of the things that we need to be most cognizant of is that um, the the critics, the critics are coming for us. They are, they. I mean, they have a job to do, and and it's like, you know, don't get upset because we know what their job is. Mm-hmm. That's what their performance is going to be. And so I remember I was sitting there on the on the front page of uh, the calendar section on the L.A. Times. And the critics didn't exactly love my movie, right? Right. Okay. And so I looked. There's two movies on the cover. Next movie was a hundred million dollar movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. The criticism. I was like, wow. I think I've made it. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. we're, we're both on the cover of the magazine, and they're going after both of us. I felt like I had earned a right of privilege. Oh, for um, sure. So, you know, anyway, so that that's sort of like the like kind of like the genesis of like how I, I wore, you know, wear so many hats because it's just sort of what you did. And luckily, mm-hmm. I put myself in a position where I continue to learn kind of in all aspects. You know, am I stronger at one or the other? I don't know. Possibly. I love doing them all. And, I you know, I look forward to continuing to grow. And, I you know, I hope my next movie comes out in 500 theaters. Okay. There you go. And I mean, like you said, it's all about continuing to grow because we always say, you know, once you feel like you know everything, that's kind of when you get left behind, right? That's when, you know, your peers who you have worked with on either various various different projects or somebody who you are just meeting for the first time on a new film, they'll realize, okay, they don't they're not continuing their learning techniques to where they can implement what's happening in this film into the next film. So it's that type of thing where you have to keep growing as an individual and as an artist to keep moving forward. Um, this podcast is meant for the up-and-comers trying to break into the entertainment industry, so it's very important to know you will fall on your face. You will make <laughs> bad movies, and you will get critically ostracized by the media every once in a while. You know, I mean, our first film is very mixed reviews because it is a very social justice project where – we were talking about gun violence and bullying and mental health and an interracial lesbian couple. And, you know, not every part of the country enjoys that type of content. <laughs> so especially when when it deals with gun violence and a school shooting, when there's school shootings happening in real life. Of course, we're going to get bashed for those type of things. But as creators, we have a voice and a opportunity to tell a story that starts a conversation. And that's what it's all about. So. To be able to be put in the position that you are to where you are able to have a voice, to where you are able to continue 
continuing to write stories that start conversations is very intriguing to a lot of the listeners out there because it is very important, you know, to be able to feel like you have a voice because once you feel like you don't, that is also when you get left behind. And that's when you also start making films for the mass audiences, I guess, that aren't layered, right? So talk about that a little bit. How important is it to you to make films that have a deeper meaning than just that first initial layer? So I got a couple of things I actually want to uh, mention. Um, the first and foremost, maybe the, the biggest mistake I've ever seen on somebody who's sort of an up and comer in any capacity mm-hmm. is that um, I, they'll, they'll make it to a set and they'll be there with some people that have definitely earned their place in mm-hmm. entertainment history, Hollywood history. But for some reason, because that this is um, an, an entry point, a lot of people kind of lose their groundedness. Mm. And you, like you were saying, you do have to kind of know where you're at. You're in the pecking order and continue to learn because as soon as you become, you know, that the attitude, that kind of the attitude, it can be off putting. And then that learning process is going to start real quick because the industry is small. And, um, you know, for me, I like to work with what I, you know, I put together as like a family Yes, um, because filmmaking is very hard, as you know, and, you know, sometimes you need to lean on your family to make things happen. Um, in terms of having a voice in filmmaking, I think one of my greatest strengths is is you know is making strong independent, and that's because, um, like you were sort of mentioning, the studios they do a great job. You know, you still have to you know, they're really good at what they do. You know, like we mentioned how the the critics, people don't like the critics, but that's their job. That's what they do. The studios have learned how to make particular movies. And that's pretty much what they stick to a lot of times yep. because that's what they've learned to do. They do them well, typically high CGI You know, a lot of them, um, you know, superhero type films or, you know, movie one, two, three, four, five, you know, continue on. You know, as an independent, you can if you can make strong independent films, you're able to tap into the audience that kind of wants something different. And, and there is that audience without a doubt. And um, if you're able to make, you know, motion pictures or, or your art, however, at a high level, you can definitely tap into that. And I'm ex- one of the things I'm most excited about is that, you know, I made an independent film that is now, you know, going out through an, an you know, independent distribution company nationally. And it's like, in some ways, I'm just like, you know, it, it just it feels like, you know, it was like, I, you know, I just got off the phone with a friend. It's like, this one feels different. Like I've done, I've done some pictures, you know, I've worked with some big names, but there seems to be a lot of people getting, you know, getting behind this one. And it makes me feel like, um, like you were saying, the audience is craving something different. And, you know, what that exactly is, it's probably variety. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't know exactly what it is, but um, I, I'm certainly excited about opening the next door and, and continuing the adventure, the learning process, like you suggested. I, I love that and and you I think it's critically important to what you said about the community being small because once you have a reputation that's what the entire community knows you as because it this person knows this person who knows this person who knows this person and if you're a good guy and you, everybody wants to work with you that's what they know if you're a guy who thinks you know everything 
That's what they know. And so I'm glad that you brought that up. That's critically important for the people trying to come up in this business to understand it is a very small business and people know. And so you want to make sure you're doing it right. I I, I also like what you said, though, because and I think there's a reason that this one has gone national and that you're getting a little bit of stuff behind it and and, and some movement behind it. Because one, I love the title, Altered Reality, right? That immediately grabs you, okay? And then it's something original. Because like you said, it's not a one, two, three, four, five. We haven't seen, it's not the 10th version of the same film over and over and over again. And I think that that's what independent film is all about. Originality. Doing something that people haven't seen before. So let's talk, because like I said, altered reality, it's, a, it's kind of like a, a crime thriller, supernatural, time travel, kind of like, is this a good guy, bad guy kind of thing? First of all, talk about the inspiration of where the idea came from, um, you know, and how did you go about starting that process about, ooh, let me think, let me think, why do I want to make this film? Was it inspired by something? Was it something in your real life that kind of inspired it? Talk about that and then just jump in from there about, okay, now I've got my story. Now I know how I want to tell it. Where am I going? So start off, though, where did the idea come from? Because it is really original. Well, thank you. I've always been interested in time. I I really feel like time is our most precious gift. And for some reason, a lot of people just kind of disregard it or or they don't find the same importance to it. They just sort of take it for granted. Right. And it's like, you you know, you could be out there, you know, creating or you could be out there, I don't know, maybe, you know, pity partying or things aren't going your way that day or whatever. And it's like... You know, it, so the other thing that's always been interesting to me is is sort of like the like the sliding doors aspect, like, you know, decisions that you make affect your future. And once you make those decisions, you can't take them back a lot of times. It's like you kind of, you know, five or 10 years from now could have hinged by, you know, someone you listened to or didn't listen to you, someone you married, someone you broke up with. Maybe it was your fault. Maybe there, it was that fault. And so that was always such like an intriguing idea to me, sort of like the sliding door events in our life. Mm. And then wow. I kind of wanted to play with the idea of, of time, the, the past, present, and future all existing at the same time. So, you know, wonder if you did have the ability to go back and and change a decision you made, or maybe wonder if you were able to go forward and, and see the consequences of the decisions that occurred prior. And so that under that backdrop is sort of um, where this idea came from. You know, and just to give you an idea, you know, like I said, was mentioning before, Monday at eleven or one a.m. You can tell time is intriguing to me. You know, in, yeah. in terms of my other titles as well. But um, it, it's interesting because I, I had this concept for a while. And, um, you know, when I start writing, I, I just have to get it out. I can't be disturbed. You know, it's and I, I think, you know, it, it's pretty intense process. In, in this situation, I locked myself in a hotel room and I got the script out in three days. Oh, wow. And so wow. A, a lot of people say to themselves kind of like, you know, that's not possible or, you know, whatever. Or, you know, maybe he's not telling the truth. And in a way, I'm not because the concept was so solid in my head that it it had to go. Now, ultimately, is that what we shot? Of course not. But like, you know, we had about, you know, you know, a 90 page script in about, you know, three days. And um, when, when I create the characters, my goal is to um, create smart, dramatic characters. And I strongly believe that sometimes 
good people have bad days and can be bad. Yep. And I think that bad day, some bad people on certain days can be good. So I like putting together complicated characters like that. And then, um, and then sort of, you know, watching them grow as you write more. And so, um, I, I think that one of the perfect genres is sort of like the sci- the sci-fi drama to kind of create that because you can play with these leaps of faith, these ideas that can still bring the viewer to to a certain level of emotion or insecurity or scare or hope even, but you're still bringing a leap of faith. Right. So you know, as long as you're they're willing to suspend you know you know certain judgment to the end of the film, as long as it's believable, it gives you a lot of elasticity. You can go a lot of different directions. You know. Um, and then, you know, from there, once you, you know, kind of get the project together and you get, you know, the, the interest on the financial backing, you know, really in terms of the, the actors, you know, I've worked with Tobin Bell before. I've worked with Lance Henriksen before. I know what they can bring. I mean, Jack in this film, Lance, I'm telling you, he's brilliant, plays it brilliantly. He told me he loved the character. Um, a, a trem- obviously, tremendous actor. Uh, oh, Tobin Bell comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And then Tobin Bell coming in, he plays the attorney in the movie Cooper Mason and uh, like a real Wall Street type. And he does it once again, does it wonderfully. Um, Very different styles, tremendous actors. Um, I think that we brought in um, multiple uh, multiple other younger actors right now that I think are going to really get attention after this film because of the dramatic presence and um so anyways but you know going back to like when you say you know how the the movie starts to like um kind of grow honestly like um when aliana kamara and uh, krista dane hoffman uh, krista king like we at the time you know i just watched their auditions and it's amazing how their performances and then the looks sort of match what you're looking for and it just i don't know it just sticks i can't i can't tell you exactly you know how or why but like what's in your head, like the vulnerability in Aliana, um, Krista, who plays um, a very um, smart yet maybe not so nice uh, uh, character, Alex Parker. <laughs> I mean, like her, you know, her ability to kind of come off as being like a seductress and a, and a huntress at the same time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so obvious so fast that the, these people can carry these roles and then you get on a set with them and a, with a director like Don Fauntleroy, who has tremendous credits. And I, I still feel I tell everybody he's underrated. I mean, this guy has you look, he's got like eight million credits. Yeah. And, it's yeah. Like, you know, and he just keeps going and going and going. And, um, you know, you, you make a if you can make a family on that set, you really can make magic. And that's, you know, once again, you know, why it's so important to um Make sure you commit to what you can bring to the film because um, I think people respect that and, you know, look forward to working with that again. Mm. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And you talk about making magic. And for us as filmmakers, watching a movie being created in front of our very eyes is magic. Mm -hmm. And to be an audience member who is just interested in this type of thing is magic um so to be able to have all of these different dynamics in your film as far as lust as far as greed as far as fantasy sci-fi you know we talk a lot about you know how smart is the audience and as filmmakers we never really wanted to dumb down things for the audience as well so when you have 
a crazy idea. When you lock yourself in a hotel room over the weekend and you have all of these different things coming at you at once and you're going back to the drawing board thinking about all of these different things, how do you approach it as a filmmaker to try to make it as questful as possible, if that's even a word, or as um, understanding as possible, right? Because the audience is is smarter than what we get them give them credit for. But then at the same time, we always overthink as filmmakers, and we don't want things to go over their head. So, how do you try to do that balance in the sense of trying to tell your story? It's a very good question, and I'll tell you why. Especially like on a film like Altered Reality, you know, you you pretty much know like where you're going to start and where you're going to end, and and the issue that you kind of get caught up in is is like how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And so, in a situation like this, you have to be careful because now the audience is taking a leap of faith with you. At some point, you kind of let them. You have to let them know what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. so that you know they can get like that that full feeling of right. of of the movie. And so pretty much the question is, is at what point does that exposition come and how much do you do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is no exact science. I can't tell you exactly how the right way to do it is. You're going to have to toy with it because yeah. you will overwrite and then you will underwrite and then you you have both sides are not working. <laughs> so. <Right. laughs> so so what you have to do typically is for me, and now that I've, you know, mentioned how like you have to be careful with the critics, because not only are, you know, there's critic critics, but there's going to be people in your circle that are going to be critics just because they don't like that your, you know, movie did anything, you know, let alone, mm-hmm. you know, got made, let alone, you know, got into a, you know, a festival or won an award or whatever. But you have to make sure that you have your circle of trust, where if you have somebody take a look and if they say to you, you know what, I just, I just didn't get it like that part I just didn't get. And then you Mm -hmm. can kind of take that home and say, okay, you know, because when you get so close to it, you know, you're 90 pages or a hundred pages in or whatever, you know, you can see the movie being made in a lot of, a lot of ways as you're writing. And so you do need a third party, whoever that person you trust is, or maybe two people type of thing. But, um, and then you have to be true to yourself and say, let's be able to take critique because there's a lot, a lot of people that don't like to take critique. Oh, without doubt. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then the next thing you do is, is you have to make sure, you know, if, if you, you know, you're talking with the director, you have to make sure you're on the same page because if that's not on the same page, a lot of things can happen. The movie Mm -hmm. that you're trying to make either doesn't get made or a different type of movie gets made, or basically you just hate each other. And it's like, as soon as everybody starts hating each other on a set, that's, that's not good. That's no. Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so I think mission accomplished because uh, this film, Altered Reality, is definitely smart. It does make you think. It does ask the audience to take a leap of faith with you. Uh, and I, I think you nailed that. And I think the other thing that, that was done really well is that you can find connectability with the characters, right? I think that's the other thing why people gravitate or run from a film. It's like, can they relate? 
Are is there are they watching something that they feel like they can relate to? Is there a character in there that they've I've been through that or I know somebody that's been through that or has felt that? And when you as a writer and then as a filmmaker, when you can establish a character that you know connects to the audience, I think that's when you really win. That's when you get that word of mouth. That's when you get people backing behind your project and, and saying you gotta go see this, you gotta you know, kind of a thing. But is when you can write characters like that. And just just hearing your process about how you put the characters together and knowing that everybody has got a little bit of good and a little bit of bad and it's just what kind of a day are you having and who are you going to show up as that day that's real life that's people that's how we do it and i think anybody that approaches filmmaking like that is going to see success which is why i think that you're seeing success and 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 it's amazing to hear you talk and your thought process on it and i guess the the one question i want to ask though is because you did say the 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 butting of the heads uh, sometimes we, we said actor we said producer we said writer director do you ever see yourself directing a film that you've written and acting in it and and like you know do you see that move behind the camera mm. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, it is. I mean, would I ever consider directing? I would. I would. Would I direct, produce? I mean, right. I mean, I guess writer-director makes a lot of sense. It does. But I mean, I mean, getting ready to prep for every, you know, every day and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> can, can I put a pin in that one? I sure. Mean, to, to do a lot. I would, I, I would certainly consider directing, but for, I don't know, multiple hat like that many. Yeah. Do yeah. I, do I get an extra arm? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Let's, let's just start off with maybe directing and, and uh, writing. And then maybe we there can do go. the directing and acting. And then maybe, you know, you can kind of – nobody says you have to jump in on all four hats at once, right? right, 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 right. <laughs> hey, I we live in a bundling society as far as the streamers. <laughs> maybe one day we can bundle everything together. That's right. right? That's yeah. right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you certainly uh, – that's a tantalizing question, and I don't have an answer today. <laughs> hey, it's all good. You, you at the top of this thing, you said throw you some stuff. I was just curious, you there know. You what, what are you going to do? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, listen, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your film. I believe that you know it's definitely going to make people think in a world that you know things do get spoon fed to us, and we That's need right. to be able to step outside that box. And, uh, you know, start thinking about some altered realities. <laughs> um, but, yep, man, yep, exactly. I'm, I'm super excited for everybody to see it uh, and formulate their own opinions. Like you said, everybody's a critic. Um, so it's what it's going to be depending on how they feel that day, apparently. Um, but please be sure to let the audience know where they can follow you to where they can, you know, keep up to date with the process and the progress of everything so that they will be know or know where to see the film. Yeah, absolutely. You can check out alteredrealitymovie.com. You can check out kstreetpictures.com. And the movie's coming out nationally on February 16th. Fantastic. And AMC and Regal Theaters. So uh, bound to find it somewhere, no doubt about it. And, and yeah. congratulations on that. As indie filmmakers, we know, you know, getting your stuff out there nationally is huge. That That is a huge step. So congratulations and continue to success on that. And hey, a little shout out because you also have a couple of our former guests of the show on there with Kayla Adams and the late Ed Asner. So kudos to you. Uh, another t uh, just two stellar individuals 
individuals. And so congratulations on, on, on them being in the film as well. Um, we just really appreciate you coming on and talking. I think this was a really informative one for our guests. I mean, uh, for our listeners. And I, I just, I love when you come on and you share your process and doing it the right way and how to approach it, because I think it's just so critically important to know that you don't know everything and it's okay not to know everything and that it's good to listen and it's good to ask questions. And anytime we can get somebody that comes on and talks about things like that and has success, you're, you're living proof that you do it and it gets you, you, you benefit and you keep growing and you keep getting where you want to go. So thank you so much for coming on and talking with us and everything and open invite. Anytime you want to come back, you say the next one, maybe 500 theaters, maybe we go up a little further. Next one, you get on there, open invite. Anytime you'd like to come back and talk to us, man, we'd love to have you. Listen, I had fun. Anytime you guys need me, just holler. For sure. For sure. Listen, take care. And, uh, we will be in touch soon, my man. Look forward to it. You guys have a great rest of your day. All right, now. Too, Take man. care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, man. Oh, man. Talk about informative, right? Especially for all those people who are wearing the multiple hats, are being able to uh, pick up a camera, step in front of the camera, do the lighting, like all these things, because there is a lot that goes into it. And to be able to get your film out there, like you said, for big movie chains, that's a big deal. Oh, absolutely. And you know, the, it, it's just, again, we hear this over and over from, from all of the people that we have on the show. And I hope that all of our listeners out there trying to break into the industry are paying attention. One, don't have an ego. Two, learn, listen, pay attention, ask questions. And three, be appreciative of all of that. Be able to take critique, good or bad, and grow from it because that's how you continue to move forward as a filmmaker, as what you're trying to do. And those three things, I think they're all critical. And the more we hear it, the the, the better it is. So, yeah, it's just – it's an amazing thing to – and like I said, you know, that person that – that or like like Charles said – I said, I said, I'm all, I'm all thinking about all everything he said when he said, hey, you know, this person holding the light while they're trying to act and they're, 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 they're you know, they went on to be series regulars on like mm-hmm. big stuff. So don't think that there's any any time there's something on the set that you're too good for. Oh, I have to hold the light. I'm supposed to be the actor. Well, exactly. <laughs> guess what? Because it doesn't mean that you're not going to get that lead role in a series somewhere or a lead role in the film just because you held the light one time. Be appreciative every time you're on a set and you're getting to do what you love. And just you'll be solid if you do. That's all I'm saying. Exactly, exactly. And be prepared to fail because you are going to fail. Absolutely. Like your things are not going to be great at first, but that's how you learn. That's how you learn new techniques, and that's how you learn to keep your head above water. Yep. Too. That's very important. Um, but, yes, thank you again, Charles, for coming on the show. 